Well, welcome back to the podcast, Conversations with Jeff Bucknam. Uh, pastor Jeff Bucknam is the lead teaching pastor, or uh, the lead pastor of teaching and vision. We don't know. It's a, a, a mishmash of those words. It changes every month. Changes every month in, uh, in Chicagoland, Illinois. And uh, we are going to have a conversation with someone today. And, um, but before we get into that conversation, we're going to have our pre-conversation, which is the conversation that we have every week about nothing and about everything. The preamble ramble. The pre-ramble. So there's a couple of things that we could talk about today, Jeff. I mean, there's just, I mean, we talked What's about fall. What's your name, by the way? I don't think I'm Tommy Kreitz. Yeah. Sorry, I'm the host. Co-host, host. All right, hit my me. Table, my, what are the yeah, things we're going to talk about today, Tommy? Well, there's so many things, right? We talked about fall last week, right? And all of the wonderful things of fall. But now I think we, we, we should really get into, you know, the, the nitty gritty of, of the world and, and the things in the world. Okay, yep. Right? This is, Social commentary time. Social commentary time. And and when I, yeah, social commentary. And I think one of the things that, um, that we all experience, but maybe don't ever vocalize, is has to do with the streaming services that we have in our day and age. Yes, there are too many of them. Yes. And it's no better than it once was. Yeah. You, and it, it is basically the same. So the young kids who are listening to this, if there are any, if you're young, what's up? Shout out to you. Um, <laughs> Welcome all you 34 year olds. Yeah. What's up? Uh, for those who are young, they might not even know that this used to exist, but back in the day when we had like direct TV and mm. cable and things like that, um, you had to get a cable package. You still do. Yes. Like if you go get Xfinity or whatever, yep. you still have to get a cable package. They yep. won't just, and you have to pay for certain premium channels or you had to pay for certain, like if you wanted the sports package or yeah. whatever, you still have to do this if you get it on. And then there was this magical moment. So there was that, right? You get, you got a bunch of channels mm -hmm. in the package. Yeah. And then if you wanted a premium channel, like, you know, the HBOs and the Showtime. you know showtimes and the movie channels, right? You'd have to pay a premium for those. You'd have right. to pay extra for each of the channels. They were all separate. Yeah. You'd buy them individually. It would add to your, your bill. And then Netflix came out. And it was like a, it was a bit of a game changer, right? Yeah. Like all of these shows in one place for one fee, you could kind of like, man, do I get rid of cable now? Because yeah. all of the things are here. They got movies, TV shows. It was kind of revolutionary, right? Mm -hmm. But now we live in a day and age. Everybody's got a plus. Everyone's got a plus. Apple's got a plus. There's one, something called Paramount Plus. Yeah. I was trying to find out where the Champions League games are played <laughs> online. And I, they said Paramount Plus. And I was yeah. like, what is that? Yeah. And they said, oh, it's CBS's streaming service. And I'm like, CBS has their own streaming service? Yeah. And NBC has their own streaming service. Yeah, Peacock is, and, a, is and another ABC one. And ABC has yep. their own, I guess they're Disney-owned, so they have their own streaming service. Disney has its own. What in the world? Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's, it's rid just too it's, many It's all gone full circle. And then Max is the HBO one. Yeah. It's called Max now. And then Showtime, I guess, has got one too. I don't even know what it's called. Do they actually have one? Yeah, everybody's See, got a yeah, Sunday's every, Plus, every, and it's only, it's only $10 a month. Yeah, for every single one of them. Right, and then <laughs> and they all ba basically, people only watch one show on almost all of them. Right. Right, I like, oh, I like this show, The the, the Crown, on Netflix, so I'm going to pay my 15 bucks a month so I can get The Crown, because yeah. it's worth apparently that much every year. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's, it seems like we've like gone getting, backwards. We're, we're getting ripped off. Yeah. We, we went, we, it looked like we were going forward with Netflix and everyone did it. And it's kind of just the same thing that it was. You buy these separate channels yeah. 
and now you're making your collection of of, of TV shows and movies. So the moral to this story is the more there things is change, nothing cheap. Yeah. And the more things change, the more they stay yeah. the same. There's no way they'll figure out a way to monetize all of it. All of it. And then you'll get hosed. What are the streaming services that you guys have uh, in the Bucknum household? Uh, currently, well, we have Amazon Prime. Oh, yeah, of just course. Generally, yeah. So I guess we get Prime Video. Yeah. That one's basically, you know. <clears throat> that's free. That's like free, right? Because <laughs> I get, uh, because I have with my cell phone plan on okay. Verizon, I get uh, Disney, Hulu, and ESPN Plus. That bundle, that bundle all together. together but yeah, I don't pay for it. It's just good. part of the included. Nice. I have, uh, because we have an Xfinity internet account, I get free Peacock. Oh. Uh, and then... I think currently we have Max. Okay. But I don't know. We don't really watch it. So I'm going to probably eliminate that one. Yeah, you got to get that we one. We have had it. Apple Plus in the past. Yeah. But then we didn't watch it. And I was like, what's the point? In that? What's the point? Where are you wasting money? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't really have a ton of them. Okay. There's a lot of people who have all the streaming services. Yes. Yeah. Which, and there's some people who what's like. What's the number hey, one streaming service, Tommy? If you're going to recommend, there's an alien just landed here. You're like, here's the first thing you need to know. I mean, it depends on uh, it depends Glarks. on your household, right? Yeah, yeah. Listen, Glarks. It depends on your household. You, like, you need to know that yeah. with the streaming service choices, here's what you need to go with. Here's what I would say is like for me, young family with young kids, Disney Plus is like wow. the is the one. They don't make you any know? money apparently. They don't? Yeah, Disney Plus. I think they're trying to spin it off to somebody else. We should buy it. All right, the podcast oh, harvest could buy. Oh, harvest! Okay. No, 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 no. Actually, that's just us conversations with Jeff. By yeah, conversations fact, plus. We got it. We did it. We got our subscription service. I have an idea. <laughs> okay, so because people love this banter so much, yep. what we should do is a special podcast that is only banter, and we'll call it Conversations Plus. Wow, with a question mark at the end. Yeah, and then we tell people at the end of the at the end of the broad, our broadcast every week. Tune in if you need a membership. Yeah. Thanks. It's Ten bucks a month. Yeah, you nine, can hear no, more inane nine, conversations. Nine ninety nine <laughs> for the low, low price of nine ninety nine. Oh, and then we could get like people doing special shows, like they, like uh, CNN tried tried to do a plus. They, you know that I did. I heard about that. And it, they said, "Oh, look at all of our great presenters that nobody watched currently." But what if we made them all like cook stuff? Yeah. Or we could do that. We yeah. can cook things, can't we? Absolutely. What we should get is everybody on the on our staff. Yeah, doing a special Ooh. like a special show. Conversations and crafts. I right. like this. This is a good idea. Uh, this has legs, <laughs> right, Wesley? You think it has weight? It does. Yeah, it does. It's got legs. One of our campus pastors could lead aerobics or something. <laughs> okay, which, which would be the best aerobics leader of our campus pastors, Corey? Who's our new campus pastor up in? Okay, North yeah, Shore. He, he seems fit. Yeah, he's a he's an aerobics guy. Yeah, and then we could have like running with JT. Yeah, the, or or John, John Bell. Bell. Yeah, this is a this is an idea. I, think I don't know where I would fit in all legs. that. I, yeah, I don't even know what Tommy, I would do. Tommy, you teach people how to wrestle, how to wrestle. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you ever want to learn how to wrestle? <laughs> you could, you could absolutely do this. Totally. And yeah. John Smith, we could have him be like. Handy, handyman. Handyman, like motorcycle. He just walks, he just goes around and finds fix stuff that's busted and yep. he just tries to fix it. Yep. Because he can't, honestly, there's nothing broken anywhere that that guy can't fix. Yeah, fix it, John Smith. Yeah. yeah. Dude. Wow. What really, would you do? What would be really your, what would Greek be? Greek with Jeff. Greek with Jeff. Uh, Have you ever wanted to learn Greek really poorly? Yeah. <laughs> Join Jeff by them. Oh. Uh, well, 
That'd be fun. It would. I actually think this might be a... This might be a million dollar idea or maybe a two dollar idea. Yeah, it might be a couple bucks. In between there. Do you think we could last as long as CNN plot? I think How we long could. did they last? I think it was like seriously a month. Okay. I feel like we've already beat them with our seat. I mean, I, I feel like our seasons are longer. Yeah. Take Do you think that. we have similar viewership? Take that CNN plus. <laughs> Got them. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So yeah. All yeah. right. So we're going to have a conversation today. We with, are. Uh, one of the new Corey's on staff. Yeah. We have two Corys. That's how we do it here at Harvest. Whenever we hire people, we hire hire them in pairs, the same name. Yeah, that's what we try to do is make sure that Jeffs it, and yeah. Toms and, and Johns, Johns, a lot of Johns, and now a lot of Corys. So we're gonna have a, a conversation with Corey, who is the superintendent of Harvest Christian Academy, and you guys are gonna have a conversation because everyone has a story, and he's got one too, and you guys are gonna talk about it right now. Let's go. Here I am with Corey Harbor, Mr. Corey, Dr. Corey Harbor, Mr. Corey Harbor, not doctor. Do you want it to be doctor? That's a good question. Is that a plan that you have? I would love to talk to you about your doctoral experience and that might help inform some of my thoughts, but that's not in the immediate plans at this point. Okay. You're kind of the coolest guy around though. That I'm not going to lie to you. Uncool people around. No, Corey. No, Corey. So Corey Harbor is the new superintendent of Harvest Christian Academy and you're here because I want to talk to you about your life and how all things happen and how you ended up uh, where you are today, your family's like and all that. But you are the coolest guy on the I'm trying to think of a cooler person on our staff and I don't think that we have one. You're for, like you're you're a former athlete. Yep. Uh, you got the cool the 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 cool haircut, you got the cool muscles. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about any of how that. How do you yeah. work out? How often? Yeah. Often? Eh, I try to hit four or five days a week. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, we got some nice facilities at, in HCA, so that's one of the beautiful perks. Have the gym, the factory. Yeah. The factory is our workout center for our student-athletes. Student-athletes, if you're listening to this, that's where you make progress, guys. Get in there four yeah. or five days a week. Transform the body. Increase your athletic ability. Let's go. How many leg days have you skipped in the last oh month? Oh, my. Leg days. I uh, Those are the shortest workout days, that's for <laughs> sure. Okay. The incline walk, though, <laughs> is uh, really trending. And so the incline walk, for those who do not like to do leg day, I recommend that. It's good. Keep your mobility going. Nice. Yeah. How many days have you hit in the in the uh, in the factory, Pastor Jeff? Mm, let's let's get you in there. Let me think. Uh, well, there's never. <laughs> uh, I used to I used to lift weights uh, lots yeah. of years ago. Yeah, yeah, and then I stopped mostly because I liked pizza. Well, we have an idea at HCA. So with uh, upcoming opportunities, we're thinking about doing a kind of a dad's uh, workout Ooh. situation, so we can get in there right <laughs> after the new year. Let's get our resolutions going. That's right, dude. There's a, like, call a it, what do they call boot camp or yeah, whatever? Yeah, like a boot camp situation. I love it. Nothing too crazy. Why is it that people, when they do the boot camp kind of thing, though, it's always like, show up at six in the morning to show you're a man. Like, 
Yeah. Stop it. Yeah, that's that's uncalled for. I, I think we need to just carve out a little bit of time in the middle of the day yep. and it'll have a well-balanced day. It, you know, actually, data shows that if you do something athletic throughout the day, your performance increases. Oh. And so I think that would be a positive trend. Your athletic performance or your general your general, like, natural <coughs> ability performance intellectually, athletically. Wow. Everything increases if you get a little bit of exercise. So it could be 30, 45 that's a good minutes. Idea. Let's do it. Let's start something. So I guess that's probably why they started doing calisthenics and stuff at some businesses in Japan. Yeah. Anyway, where are you from? Yes. What's your hometown? Yeah, so uh, I was born in Waukegan, Illinois, right there on the Illinois-Wisconsin border. Um, and, so hold on. Uh, yeah. Waukegan. <sighs> Is that the yeah. one on the North Shore? That's right. Wakanda. Yeah, where's no, that? No, that's that's not us. Where uh, Waukegan is right there on the border. It's the last town that you would hit on your way to, to Wisconsin, and that's when you get into enemy Waukegan. territory. Okay, up there if you're a bear fan. So there's uh, a Wakanda though. Yes, and there's a Waukesha. Yeah, what's the, Waukesha? The words get weird in Wisconsin, <coughs> and that's a that's a Wisconsin word. Okay, yeah, the so, enemy territory up in Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. So uh, born right there in the midst of the best NFL season in the history of the 1985. NFL. Yeah, born to the sounds of the Super Bowl shuffle. I think uh, I came out doing it, and uh, so uh, unfortunately, I haven't seen any Super Bowl victories that I can remember. So but were you born, born in after, that year? Were you born? Uh, right there they in the middle it? of the season. So okay. right there in the midst of the of the fun. So since your first year of life, yes. th- you've not seen the Chicago Bears. Exactly. You saw them in a Super Bowl. Yeah, I think. But yeah, with a bottle in, in hand. And uh, and since then, oh, yeah, in 85, bottle in hand. And when I say bottle, that's milk bottle, guys. Yeah. Um, and then again in 06, we were close, and uh, we had a guy named Rex Grossman quarterbacking the yep. Bears. And I'm not going to call out just Rex. It wasn't just him. It's a team effort. But yeah. he did play a key role in us coming up a little bit short. So yeah. still looking for some uh, inspiration since then. Yeah. Yeah, it's been rough. It's been tough. I think the Justin Fields experiment might be coming to a close soon. Ah, I'm not going to lose hope just he's yet. New, he's a good dude, but I just, yeah. I don't know. You, yeah. can on, you can only suffer so many hits to the head. Yeah. Yeah, and if the McCaskey family, if you're listening right now, guys, um, I encourage us as as Bear uh, supporter fans, let's figure this thing out. You know, I know we're we're moving out to the north suburbs, and uh, we're we're Bear fans out here, and so want to support the team. I got some ideas, so we'd love to share those. <coughs> Contact Corey Harbor. That's right. C Harbor yeah, at right. Harvest right. Christian Academy. I think I got a little org. bit of athletics left in me that's too. Good. If I need a linebacker. So what? What? Which one, Waukesha? No, which one? Waukegan. So, yeah, from Waukegan. Uh, moved downstate to Dwight, Illinois. How old? Um, How old I was you? about seven and a half. Um, yeah, about seven and a half years old. Why'd you move? Yeah, so family uh, had started transitioning down to uh, to the central part of the state for whatever reason. Uh, my mom and dad at the time split up, and so we went to where there were more family. Um, and so uh, grew up from seven to 18 um, in Dwight, Illinois, a little town of about 4,000 people. Um, in the midst of, of the cornfields of definitely a rural part of the state. It was a great experience. Loved it. Got to be a medium-sized fish in a small town. I was there 11, 11 years, and my family's still there. And so I would consider that home base. I was going to say, that's yeah. where you grew up, that's the high school, up, did yeah. all that, that kind of stuff? Small school, 58 graduates with this. Were you in a, did you live on a farm or in a neighborhood? Oh, no, we were in the neighborhood. But we did have a, a drive-your-tractor-to-school day. So that kind of speaks to... The, uh, the environment. Did and you I have was, a tractor to I drive? I did not, but I was a part of FFA. So Future Farmers of America. What was the what was the farm animal that you, of choice? Uh, the farm animal was more of the, the um, crop. And so okay. we were, were big, uh, really more on uh, corn, beans, and uh, less on the, the farm animal uh, realm. 
So can you shuck corn? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> you know, I can. I can. We uh, we created a corn maze back in high school and got to participate in that. We learned some of the corn harvesting experience, mm-hmm. which is that time of the year right now. I love this time of the year for that reason. I, You know, whenever I think of a corn maze or cornfields in general, yeah. all I can think about is there's an alien there somewhere. I don't oh, think it's because... Signs, that movie. <clears throat> I think it's... Is that why? Yeah, signs? Mel Gibson. You remember yeah, because he's yeah. on the edge of the cornfield. Yeah, the... the yep. It just still feels like there's something in there. Yeah, I've never seen that. I don't want to see cornfields, but there, this gets what, weird in there. <clears throat> what have you found in a cornfield before? It's the weirdest thing yeah. that you ever found in a cornfield. Well, really, just like an animal, just uh, you know, just little rodents tend to oh. habitate in there. So if you have a mouse fear or something, but beyond that, it, it hasn't been too crazy. I would advise against it if you have allergies, though, because uh, that's one of the challenges growing up in Central Illinois. Man, it was it was brutal on the allergies. Really? But, uh, yeah. But yeah, my family. Do you have allergies? Yeah. I mean, we, we uh, a little bit in this time of the year, you try to avoid that kind of thing, but uh, it's really going to be difficult. Um, but the family being in Dwight, I mean, that was really a, just a blessing for us. And like I said, we're still there. We have, it's one of those small communities where you know everybody. If you remember, uh, uh, what's that old movie um, or old show with uh, Barney Fife? And uh, yeah, yeah, it, it's kind of a small town. We had one May- stoplight, May- well, Mayberry. Uh, yeah, I think Bar- the, the town was called Mayberry, I believe. And so, in, in a positive way, you know, you knew your teachers, you knew your your classmates, their families, and uh, you know, it was just a positive place, real safe place to grow up. And then uh, eventually, um, for me, moved out and uh, went to uh, Missouri State University. Okay, but hold uh, on. Through high school, you, you said you're a, a middle fish in a little pond. Yeah. So you're um, you're being polite. You're a football guy. Football guy, yeah. What position did you play in football? Yeah, so played linebacker and, uh, in high school, believe it or not, offensive line. If you weighed above 210 pounds, you're on the line because we were just happy to field the team kind of thing. Yeah. So played on the line and linebacker. And then but you were college. good. Yeah, it was okay. You know, I think um, for you were good team, as linebacker. I was, I was good for our team, and uh, yeah, it led me. Uh, if to, I go back to your high school, or pictures of you somewhere, you know, I don't know. Uh, probably like a wanted sign. No. Yeah, that yeah I be. bet. Did you guys win any titles or anything when you were there? It's unbelievable. Didn't win a thing. We had uh, had good players, and uh, for whatever reason, never really won. But uh, you know, had some success in football. Love. That's one of the best parts of being in a small school, small town. You get to play everything just because, hey, you have a pulse, you have a body, yeah. you're on the baseball team, you're, you're on the basketball team, you're on the football team, you're a future farmer. So which was America, your favorite? Which which sport things. was your favorite one to play? Yeah, I'd say growing up, like initially it was baseball. Like that was, you know, grew up watching those old WGN Cub games with Harry yeah. Carey talking crazy and uh, all of that and then Sammy Sosa shortly after. Uh, but really loved baseball, basketball, and football and, and enjoyed What position did you play in baseball? What was the... Yeah, I was pitcher, catcher, and center, and, and not all at one time. But once again, like, hey, we had, like, three pitchers on the team, and if you're not pitching, you're catching, and, and if you're not catching, you're pitching. And, and Yeah, and, but usually they put the good kids in center field pitching, catching, yeah. and uh, shortstop. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> so you would have probably been good enough. Did you think that you had a future in baseball? I did. I did. And that's one of those things when you're sitting by yourself with a couple of friends, um, having your, your preferred beverage and you're lamenting of your uh, athletic days. And I know us old guys don't do that. But when you do, you think about what if, what if I went with baseball or what if I did something else? And baseball is that, it's kind of like that one that might have got away. Okay. Yeah. So because you went with football. Went with football. Yeah. To Missouri which, State. To Missouri State. Why Missouri State? Was because they offered you a scholarship? Yes. Yeah. I didn't know much about Springfield, Missouri ahead of that. And it was one of those weird things that 
Um, it just worked out that way. I was had my bags packed, ready to go. And I was actually going to go to a junior college, Juliet Junior College, because, um, you know, there wasn't a ton of opportunities um, at the time. And, and initially I thought I was going to Illinois State. And during the recruiting process, um, they opted to go a different direction at the last minute. And I was kind of left. Yeah, I was left looking around and saying, hey, you know what? I'm just going to go to junior college and play a couple of years there. And they're going to let me play on the baseball team during that time there. And I'll be a you know, dual sport athlete. And, um, one of the two will work out and I'll have an opportunity to go play division one somewhere else. And then at the last minute in the 11th hour, I made the decision and they reached out and said, Hey, uh, we'd love to have you at Missouri state. And so, uh, you know, about two weeks before the school year started or before camp started, wow. I went down to Missouri state and you'd uh, never been there, had never been there. My dad knew a coach somehow <clears> through <throat> some weird connection. And that's what led me there. That's amazing. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Was, uh, that must have been really hard for you to deal with, though, to have Illinois State kind of lead you on all that time. And yeah, then... yeah, I still don't like the Redbirds, and, and it's crazy. My brother and I, so I have a brother who's a year younger than me, and he attended Missouri State with me, followed me out the next year, played football as well. He's actually doing the commentating for the Redbirds on uh, on TV uh, every so often. And so I kind of give him a hard time. I'm like, come on, man. Those guys, you know, they, they gave us the shoulder a little bit. And so I think we've buried the hatchet a little bit on the Redbirds. <laughs> But the good news was, is at Missouri State, we got to play those guys. Every, they were part of our conference, so there was a little extra bad blood there. Um, and so, yeah, difficult challenge, but it was a weird thing. It was like it wasn't meant to be because you really think about your life as a series of events. And going to Missouri State, that's where everything, you know, shaped me into who I am today and has led me to all of the different things, and including my wife. You know, that's where Nicole and I met Did you Okay, before, I'm very interested in hearing about how you yeah. met your wife. Uh, when you have brothers and sisters. Yeah. So I have two brothers, uh, I have a brother Clay, who, uh, is uh, a year younger than me. And once again, you know, grew up really close and playing on all the sports teams and all those things. And I have another brother who's, uh, technically my half brother, my dad's uh, second marriage, um, who is, I sometimes feel more like an uncle cause he's 15 years younger than me. Ooh. So, uh, I think he sometimes calls me uh, uncle Corey instead of uh, looking Corey. at me a brother, but, uh, yeah, no, Cam, uh, and Cam and Clay are my two brothers. Okay, Cam Clay and Corey. Yeah. Cool. I know, right? <laughs> Come yeah. on, Dad. Come on. You're job. better than that. Yeah. That's um So did you guys fight? Your brother who's a so you're the yeah. oldest. Yeah. Did we did fight? You? Did we fight? I wish I could say the only I'm not a fighter. I'm much more of a lover than a fighter, but I have been in a lot of fights and they've all been with one person. Your brother. My brother. We we just would duke it out. We, if we play a game of basketball today. I'm 95% sure that thing would not end peacefully. <laughs> <laughs> and it just, there's something about it. I don't understand. Yeah, well, he's your brother. Exactly. Yeah. And little brother's always trying to prove himself against big brother. Yeah. It's like he feels like he needs, he needs to do this. Yeah. As a rite of passage. And exactly. big brother never wants little brother to there's ever, to there. ever do, to ever be able to do it. It's innate. It's instinctive. You could play professional sports, but it doesn't matter. Exactly. When you play me, you're going to lose. And that's what my experience with my brother ended up playing at Missouri State. He <coughs> was drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles and wow. uh, played in the NFL. And uh, all through that time, I know I'm still a better athlete. Yeah. And I'm kidding. He did eventually, uh, you know, overtake me. But all through high school, you know, you talk about team MVPs and awards. 
those those were going to me. They of weren't going they to were. Clay. And then we got to college, and something crazy happened. He just he was freak freakish athlete, and and just started to dominate. I was his number one cheerleader yeah. all the way through, man, and so proud of him. And, and your brother's name is again Clay. His name is Clay. Clay Harbor. And Clay Clay's got an interesting story, man. If you look him up, you'll you'll see uh, the first thing you'll see is. Uh, his experience on the uh, probably uh, the Bachelorette. Okay, so this he was on the Bachelorette. He, he was on the Bachelorette. <laughs> My brother goes on the bat after his NFL career is over. Gets invited to participate on the show, and so uh, he's been riding that wave. He's one of the too. dudes who yes. is trying to yeah. get the lady. Did he get? Out quickly, or did yeah, he, 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 he make made it, it to the end? Pretty far, but then, which is crazy story, in the midst of the show, as he's finding love with the, the lady who was on the show at the time, he breaks his wrist on the show playing football, which is the sport that he plays professionally. Yeah. So they're playing in a game, a contest with other bachelors. Yeah, who all stink at it. Exactly. He's like, I'm going to dominate everyone. Breaks his wrist, <laughs> has to leave the show early. <laughs> <laughs> and just took an L, you know, and yeah. in every sense of the way there. And I, I tried to warn him. I was like, yeah, I don't know if that's the best move to do. So I yeah. think that was a uh, was a very clear sign. To say, right. hey, man, maybe not this one. Wow, yeah. I didn't know that. Did you? Yeah, it's a weird yeah. story. Um, did you grow? Is your family uh, like a Christian, or do you have some background in like church going or yeah? What I got to give you the mini short history lesson. So my grandparents were. Um, all four of them are from the South, right? And so Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and all four of my grandparents grew up in a Christian, like Baptist, um, you know, pretty conservative Christian background. And so that influence uh, permeated through into my parents. And my parents both attended, my dad attended a Catholic school, my mom uh, attended a Christian evangelical school. And so they were brought up in it. I, and then as they raised me, um, with my parents and my grandparents having that influence, that was something that was a part of my life. Now, in terms of uh, my experience early on in life, it was a, we would go to church at times and then there would be breaks. And I think it was really what I was experiencing was my parents' journey of trying to figure out, hey, you know, we believe, but uh, am I really wanting to live it kind of thing? And so as a kid, I was in being taught um, biblical principles, but not necessarily living in it in a day-to-day um, you know, in a Christian school or in a, day, a week to week, even in a church. Uh, but for me personally, I always had an interest. Like I've always just had a super interest in, in the Bible. And um, my both of my grandmas growing up would tell me, telling me uh, and say, Corey, you know what? You're going to be a pastor one day. And and they told me that all the way through my teenagers. And I'm like, you know what? I don't think that's happening, guys. I'm sorry, <laughs> that's not happening. Um, but over the course of my life, yeah, as I, and I've grown in that. I'm like, you know what? I, I can kind of see. And I just always had that interest, asking the hard questions about the Bible and trying to understand different things at a at a young age. <clears throat> so when would you say you began your journey with Christ? Like, are you? You yeah. are, yeah, you're yeah, a Christian, yeah. No, right? Yeah, we yeah, probably yeah. should ask that yeah, before you no, came to for the... For sure, for sure. Church. Yeah, and so, uh, um, yeah, my journey. So, as I said, uh, always super intrigued, interested, and I would have told you in high school, um, I was a Christian, you know, I was attending church semi-regularly, um, reading my Bible, like, uh, you know, unrequired um, of me just to be interested in it. And, um, but I would, to say I was on like a firm foundation, um, that would be a stretch. And so when I went to college, um, I'm leaving this small town of about 4,000 people feeling, um, you know, had been lived in a semi-controlled environment, right? And 
I go to college to a bigger environment, which I've been in larger environments. And my dad was in the Chicago land. So I spent a lot of time in the South suburbs growing up too. Uh, but when I got to Missouri state, you know, you're faced with some difficult questions. Um, you know, I remember taking religion 100, which is like intro to religion. You learn about all the religions. The guy teaching the class isn't exactly a fan of Christianity. Um, and so that's in my mind. I'm also taking biology 100, which, you know, they're hitting on Darwinianism and evolution. And so I'm asking questions like, hey, how can the world be 8 billion years old? And there also be, uh, you know, the Bible be true and in, in what I can account for. And right. that doesn't all add up. So those kind of questions, you know, really mess with me intellectually um, through that time. And so I was kind of one foot in, one foot out, um, wanting to live a Christian life, but not being fully understanding of that. And so as I moved into adulthood, really, I think the best passage that I can speak to that uh, is reflects my journey is when Jesus says in Matthew 7, ask, seek, knock. Yeah. Right. And so I was seeking in during that time and into adulthood, um, early adulthood, shortly after graduating college. And that's when um, I was able to make that through a, a process of trying to understand the world around me, come to the intellectual along with the emotional side yeah. and fully adapt a, a Christian belief and then a biblical worldview, which you continually develop and understand right. for still have an interest in learning more and seeing how it all comes together. So if I had met you in college, mm-hmm. would would you, you would have claimed, yeah, no, I'm a Christian or that yeah. I'm committed to... I would have said, I don't know what I would have said, to be honest with you. It was such, it was such a hit and miss. I would attend FCA, yeah, you yeah. know, occasionally. I, Fellowship of But I was also distracted. It wasn't just my questions. You know, they were quite like, hey, I'm playing football. Um, you know, I have my friends. And the first couple of years, I hadn't met my wife yet. You know, you're, you're a young guy, just yeah. worried about different things. And so to say that, uh, you know, I was really living it, no. And so I think if you caught me on the, depending on the day of the season, yeah. I might answer that thing differently. But yeah. I always had that nagging kind of feeling and I always would return in my time of need. And I remember we had a chaplain in our football team when he, he said, you know, a lot, of, a lot of us here use Jesus as a crutch. So when things head south, I go to my Jesus crutch and start looking for answers, right? And so I, I would say, hey, during my times of trial, I would often go to and look for the answers, maybe biblically, it would land there. But when things were running smoothly in my life, you know, I'm the guy who, who you know, would be quick to, to turn away, unfortunately. But, you know, uh, I think that's part of my journey. I, you know, in, in hindsight, kind of I'm thankful that I had to go through that because I think, you know, a lot of young people, um, a lot of folks who've gone through this journey can can understand where you know those challenges are, especially the young people when you when you go to a new environment and have the the challenges intellectually and yeah you know and in flesh right warring yeah. against you as well um, you know is is allowed me to you know take that trial as a as an opportunity to equip yeah. myself and hopefully equip others. So, what did you want to be when you were in college? Did you have like some? Yeah. Dream. Was it athletics? I'm assuming no, it was athletics. No. So this is crazy things like athletically. I never had any wild aspirations of being professional. The goal was always to get to college. So mm-hmm. got to college and uh, um, I struggled with that question. I knew I was good at and um, decent at a couple of things and then had an interest in a at? few. So I like people and it takes a lot for me to not to like an individual. Just haven't met enough of them. Yeah, I know, career. man. That's what everybody says. But it really naturally um, like helping and serving people. So that was uh, something that I loved. Athletics, obviously loved that. And I love school and I like education. And so I put all three of those things together. And over time, it, it became clear and had done an internship with Missouri State right there as a student athlete. And I worked in academic services for student athletes. And so I'm working with so you're student like a, athletes. Kind of a tutor? 
for well, them? Or so just, I was the guy. So you have a son in college. Sports. I do. So he goes when he gets to LSU's campus. He's going to speak with an academic person, somebody just like kind of an academic mentor, but yeah. it's really an academic advisor. I'm the guy who's helping you schedule your classes, talk to your teachers, get your travel letters out. All of your academic life is going to run through me to help you with oh, your yeah. athletic demands. Okay. And so that's how I started in, in and you liked academics. It. And I really liked it. And uh, it was, like I said, a mix of all three of the things that I enjoyed. And then over the years, um, you know, that led me from Missouri State to the University of Illinois um, to Northwestern, which was... Uh, so how long were you at Missouri State after you graduated? Uh, man, I think we... I was there for uh, another two years. Okay. So and a then, total of seven. And then to the University of Illinois. Yes. To do the same work? Same work. That's right. For how long? For two years. And then to Northwestern. Northwestern. To do the same work? For four years. For four years. Yes. So like basically eight years of academic yeah. advising. Yeah. And then I went to CU Boulder. And so my I left the Chicagoland not that long ago and went out to Colorado. And so it was a promotional opportunity. Go Buffs. And this is before Coach Prime, before it was cool yes. to be a buff, guys. Yeah. Well, I was there when we were we were taking some L's. And so I was working with the football team, the basketball team, the cross-country runners, and I was the academic person and uh, helping facilitate that stuff. Do you miss that? Yeah, I still have a heart for it. But you know what I don't miss is I think in college athletics, it's a beautiful thing. I love college athletics, love athletics. Um, didn't love kind of the the business um, side of that, right? Yeah. And so, you know, not having a full congruency there and, uh, you know, also kind of led me to making a career move and getting into, um, at the time, it was public education. It was a principal for, for almost three years in, in Colorado. Um, so that's when I made so that you, switch. So okay. you, okay, you're, you've been doing this this work at academic advising. What, other people who do that, where do they do they end up getting involved in education? Yeah, that's, that's kind of the path. That's the path, right? Okay, you might be at your your end goal. And I thought at the time would be to be an athletic director at like a oh, Division yeah. One school. And yeah, I, I was thinking like, hey, how would I, you know, backwards design that? Thinking about steps that I would need to take to do that. Yeah. In the midst of that, I start realizing, hey, I this isn't what I really want to do long term. I don't see this being my plan. So. Having the heart, obviously, and, and at this point in my life, during that time, I had kind of identified myself initially as an athlete. Right? We all kind of identify ourselves in certain ways. So as I started my career, I was I was an athlete, right? And I was also an academic, but I might have said, hey, I'm more of an athlete than an academic. But through my career, the athlete identity started to give way to more of the heart for academics. Mm -hmm. And not to say that I'm either way more than the other. I think they fit well together. All that to say... That's what led me to, hey, I can get out of college athletics. I'd like to go into general education yeah. and, and more in academic. Didn't want to, you didn't want to become a teacher, though? Didn't want to become, well, it's not that. I, I think you know, being a teacher is key, and you, you're a teacher anytime you're in education. So if you're an academic advisor, I was, I was educated. That's right. Yeah, teaching. you're involved in. Yeah, and so I never have <coughs> formally, actually, it's what's kind of unique about being a superintendent is that I've never been a quote-unquote classroom teacher. Taught some classes. Um, taught like college 101, which is like a one credit section. Um, but I have not formally led a class of people, of students right. um, throughout a year. And so, um, you know, in that space, like I said, I think there's key, you know, principal strategies as a coach and I coach sure. kids too. You're, you're, you are an educator, you are a teacher, you're using the same strategies that you would teach a, right. a child math. And so it's well, kind of a, as a superintendent, there is kind of a benefit of not. I mean, there is of being it, yes, of course, because you can connect with the teachers and stuff. But sometimes teachers like to be treated as if they are experts in their particular area. And for you, you're like, yeah, you are. 
Amen. I'm not going to come and tell you how yeah. to teach your class. <laughs> it's it's so true. I mean, it's an expertise. It's a it's a craft, and it's uh, you know you have to have content. That's what's so unique about being a teacher. Um, you know, you have an expertise in a content area if you're in an upper school and you specialize in a particular area, and so you have this unique knowledge. And so now you need to be able to transfer this knowledge. This is where you run into higher ed, where you hire professors who may be experts in a particular area, but they don't have necessarily always have the skills to no. actually. Uh, get that information. Right. So you're learning from a, an economics professor and they can't fully deliver that to you. And you're like, what are you talking about? And yeah. it's, it's like Michael Jordan probably trying to teach a class on basketball. He's like, I just do it because I'm amazing and yeah. I've done it my entire life. Now he's going to go down and teach, uh, you know, a 16 year old how to dribble. Right. And you know how frustrating that's got to be for that, him. So, right. Yeah, it, it is unique and it's a, it's a, it's a career and a skill and, and it mixes multiple expertise with the ability to deliver that information. It takes a special person to do it. Yeah. So, uh, you met your wife in college. Yeah. So Nicole and I met in, uh, at Missouri State. What is the first thing, first time you saw her? Yeah. So it was, uh, I think I'd seen her before <coughs> the first time he communicated, but it was April 13th, 2007. Wow. Look at you. Yeah. Yeah. I remember it was a Friday the 13th. It was a cold, rainy night. Friday the 13th. Yes. Cold, rainy night, and then I saw Nicole. Yes. <laughs> like a beam of light in the darkness. Okay, that might be... Where'd a, you see her? So we had actually schemed up a plan as a football team. Um, so um, my brother and a couple of roommates, we had been think, we had noticed some of the, the ladies on the soccer team that you know we, we thought we might uh, have similar values. <laughs> And uh, so we were saying, who on the, the soccer team, who, who knows anybody in the soccer team? So we, so what we did is we knew our roommate had a friend on the soccer team, and we ultimately invited them over to have a, um, a meeting. And uh, that's where we met and, uh, you know, shared our, our intellectual thoughts. And there was an instant intellectual connection. I, and, it, and it was um, honestly the moment. Nicole was it a party? <laughs> were you, you yeah, guys I'm got trying together to for a party? So it was basically, it was basically a party. Uh, and we met. And, uh, but you hit it off because you're both athletes. That's right. She played soccer and I was on the football team. And what position did she play in soccer? She's a forward. Ah, uh, striker. Right. Yes, right. Outside. So a winger. Wow. She, she's nice. fast. Yeah. Yeah. She's real fast on the field. That's great. Yeah. So, uh, did you know you wanted to see each other more after that? Or is it, it just kind of just keep crossing paths over time? Or were you yeah. like, nah, this, this, that was, this is going to go further. That was it. So Nicole and I, we got married five years after meeting each other on the same day, April 13th. Well, that's why you can remember it. I yes, was just thinking exactly, for a minute there exactly. that you five. had some special thing going on. But honestly, it was the moment that we met. I mean, we've basically been together. I mean, there hasn't been a, a break in our relationship. So it was like the next day we're on our first date. And then after that, it was... You know, it was basically us together for, it was 16 years now. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. But married for 11. Married for 11. That's right. And you have three kids. Yes. Okay. Yes, what, what, what are their names and yeah. what are their ages? Yeah. So Luca is nine, fourth grader at HCA. I have a daughter, Liviana, who is a kindergartner at HCA. And then another daughter, Luna, who will soon be at HCA in preschool. So when I'm not at work, that's exactly what I'm doing. And I joke with people that, you know, I go to work to find peace. You always make jokes about your kids being a bit rambunctious. Yes. I wish Nicole were here to give you the what is the experience. What, how, like what, what is it that makes them so rambunctious? Are you just saying that because you haven't experienced other people's kids? Because most people's kids drive them crazy. Uh, you hear, we love them, yes. but they drive us nuts. You hear these things, but then you experience it for yourself. Yeah. 
but I, they're just higher energy kids, I, I, you know, and I, I think it's, you know, Nicole and I obviously value athletics and we keep them busy. And so if they don't have that outlet, that athletic outlet yeah. in the day, they're just going to run, they're just going to run circles yeah. for an extended period of time or argue with each other or do things they're not supposed to do. But I mean, that's part of the parent journey, right? Yeah, and so I think it's just a normal thing. Our kids are high energy, but, uh, you know, I, I kind of joke with them. I think, um, you know, they're, they're gifts, honestly, it's oh, some yeah. of their gifts just manifesting in challenges. Right. And so, um, you know, a fourth grader and a kindergartner and a two year old were in different stages in the early childhood life cycle. And so we're being pulled like, Hey, I want to play catch with my son, but then I have a two year old that I got to pick up. And so you like got a baby in one hand, you're trying to play catch with your son. And then you got a four year old, five year old who has other needs. So that's where you, you know, when you have three, you're trying to play zone defense totally. and the man, the man has gone out the window. I love that you say that. Yeah. That's the way I've always described it to friends you when they get children when, as well. Yeah. When, when they're married, yeah, the time three come along, I mean, you got to learn the zone. One yeah. of you is always going to have two of them. I need to pick your brain on your, because, you know, being a couple of years ahead of me. Yeah, you got to, yeah, you got to learn the zone. The it's zone good. is key. Yeah. I always thought that if having a daughter who is the oldest would have been helpful, because mm. they don't require, you don't have to guard them as much. Yeah. But with boys, mine, I get two, my, my two oldest are boys. And yeah, you needed to, you needed to be pretty good What's at guarding. What's the age difference on the... Uh, See, Ethan's twenty-two. Mike is twenty. It's about two and a half years, something like that. Yeah. Did was it always smooth with them, or did they? Well, did they you come know, to Ethan's very kind yeah. older brother. He's always been a really nice older brother. He's a he's a supporter kind of guy, right? Mm-hmm. He, Ethan's a great hype guy. If Ethan's your friend, you got a friend who's going to make you sound awesome to mm-hmm. people. Um, and Micah is a very gifted uh, competitor who needs. Needs his tires pumped sometimes. Mm-hmm. So it works out really well. Yeah, it's perfect. Um, in that regard. Uh, but yeah, they, they love each other. They didn't really get into massive arguments or fights very often, ever. I don't remember having good to parenting. break them up or anything like that. No, it's not It's not good parenting. It was you should write a book. You should write a book. Them. I would buy it because I need yeah. it. Yeah, and then, uh, but I've been told by people who've got oldest daughters, that it's like you actually have, at some point, they actually become kind of mommy mm-hmm. to the f- one that's five, six years younger. So the keys they have your yeah. oldest child is a girl. I don't know. I yeah. Mean, maybe that's the book and that's the one page that you write. And then yeah. that's the end. But, you know, older brothers do protect. Yeah. My, my boys, my, my daughter pretty much knows, and she has said this to some people before, that if you're not kind to me, mm-hmm. I, have, I have brothers. Yeah. That's going to be intimidating down the road. When, when uh, you know, your, your children are establishing those relationships. You imagine being the man who comes into the Bucknam home. Totally. You got He's Pastor just... Jeff and you got two sons on each side. Yeah. And you got to yeah, make They're not way. small. Yeah. None of us oh, are man. small people. I'm scared hearing about it for yeah, this Yeah, I bet you are. Yeah. I bet. <laughs> Try to be kind. Um, so uh, what is the weirdest thing that has happened in your time in school? So you, you've been involved in leadership of schools. You were in Colorado as basically doing head of school stuff. And now you're here. Give, give me something that you just didn't think you'd see. Something odd. Well, yeah. So uh, I started uh, a couple of years back when we were, I was starting a, helping start a charter school in Colorado. And uh, right before, so it was, I think I took the role in December of 2019. Two months later, this whole situation, right? Obviously oh, yeah, we had COVID. The COVID pandemic, and we're trying to start a school. 
get enrollment going, drive up excitement about the school. Meanwhile, you know, we're, we're in lockdown. We can't even communicate. We can't go anywhere. We can't do anything. Yeah. And so just watching that shift take place in a short period of time and going from, you know, normal day-to-day life, no questions asked. You know, of course you go to school every day. Everybody goes to work. It's it's not even in the back of your mind, right, for, for folks to think about something like that to – um, yeah, we're going remote learning, uh, school, you can't go to school. We got to figure out how do we deliver the, the, the program. Fortunately at that time, my school was not in operation. I was observing a school that was. Ooh. And so I was essentially trying to recruit students to come to the following year, but just watching that whole process unfold and what that did to education during that time was just weird. It's amazing. Yeah. Most of us will, and we already do. I hear this language already, uh, pre COVID. Mm-hmm post covid it's it's it is it's honestly it will it will be in the minds of so many people like a war there was before the war and then there was after the war that it it's such a marker in our minds because none of us had any category for for this like they were trying stuff that i i don't think they ever tried before yeah, ever uncharted territory and and we did they didn't know the effects of it they were like anyway they were sometimes Taking, you know, throwing spaghetti at the wall, seeing what was yeah. stick. Education and, felt the brunt of that, right? Oh, big I mean, time. it was like impacted. And, when you, and then you have the politics involved yeah. and different people who have different agendas mm-hmm. uh, about all of it on all the sides. And so it, yeah, being in education would have been a very difficult um, moment in it. There's yeah. still some that are, I, I even oh, yeah. that today, to this day, there's some colleges and others now that uh, some of the COVID cases have mm-hmm. come back a little bit. There, there yeah. are colleges that are like, now nah, you have to be uh, masked and and uh, and and vaccinated. Yeah. To, you have to have the new vaccination. The new one. Yeah. So it's, I don't, I keep wondering if at some point it's going to go away or if this is just like, mm-hmm. it's just going to show up every fall mm-hmm. and someone's going to, f- f- you know, make a big deal. We should, you know, it's back. <laughs> or if it's just going to become part of our everyday uh, life and existence, but it would have been difficult becoming, I mean, especially if you're beginning mm-hmm. in the school. Yeah. So experience that right out the gate. And then what came after that? Like, so, um, you know, just navigating choppy waters of yeah. like, Hey, yeah, we had COVID. We were starting a new school at that time. And so it's going to be you know, it's choppy in starting a new school is like, it's an insane amount of work and a lot of people involved in trying to iron out all that stuff. But you throw that into the mix, made it very challenging. Um, but as I look back that once again, you take those difficult moments, those, those things where you, you're not a hundred percent certain, um, on what the result's going to be. And it ultimately makes you stronger for the yeah. future. So that's been the approach. And then what's come out of education since then, right? I know we, we tend to, education is such a hot button issue. It's emotionally, um, stimulating conversation, right? Because we're talking about our children and, you know, as parents and I'm a parent, the the one thing that I think we can all agree on, the thing that we cherish most in the world is our kids. And so it's so important for us to send our children to a place that aligns with our values. And so that's why I'm super thankful for um, being here at HCA. And so being able to send uh, and lead a school, a Christian community who align with, you know, my personal values, my faith, and then teaching um, through a biblical worldview. Uh, you know, that yeah. value of that is so important right now in the world where um, that it can be chaotic. And I don't want to paint a picture that everything in the outside world is horrible, but um, in education, it, it is difficult and in challenging times. And I would say that what's being taught in a lot of schools outside of the Christian world obviously doesn't. Well, it's increasingly more difficult yeah. uh, for Christians to remain faithful in those settings. For sure. Yeah. Praise God for the folks that are still the teachers and the folks that are yeah. involved in totally. public education and yep. 
Um, what is the thing? So you have family here in Chicago area. You just yeah. kind of come back to some family. Yes. What is the thing you're you're enjoying the most about being back in Chicago? And what is the thing that you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that. And I, ugh. Mm, That's a good question. Um, so, hey, I love the fall. And, uh, you know, honestly, living in Colorado is beautiful. And everybody just assumes Colorado is like an amazing state. It's perfect. It's like this utopia destination and it's a nice place however when you're not living actually in the mountains it's really not that pretty well, it's pretty pretty flat brown. it's flat and brown yeah and so coming back to illinois you know and, and i came you know in the summer and then here we are in the late summer early fall the beautiful greenery you know how yeah. green everything is it's it's there's I, th- I would say it's prettier right now this time of the year here than it is where i was north of denver um so i enjoy the the just the natural beauty of the state um and obviously being back in the Chicago land, I would say it's a big part of just, although not a Chicagoan, but it's been a yeah, part of my identity, right. if you will, like growing up in the Dwight and then spending time in the suburbs and living in Chicago. So um, just being back in Chicago is, is awesome. The sports teams are all not great, but no, um, they're really not. It's not, it's nice not having to deal with uh, um, opposition, you know, Hey, we're around, we can suffer together as bear fans kind of things. That's been a yeah. nice perk. We can all lament. Listen, dude, if together. I were in Colorado, listen, I'm a Seahawks fan, but yeah. grew up in Seattle but if I were uh, living in Colorado, um, the Bronco fans would hear no end of how how much we fleece them for over mm-hmm. Russell Wilson. I'm just gonna tell you, I would every day be like, "How's that going for you? You going well? You guys doing well?" Because of course not. He wasn't. He was, was terrible two years before they took him, and then they took him, and they gave everything away. I'm oh, it's like fan. unloading. Honestly, it's like unloading a a, a, a Chevy that's got oh. two hundred thousand miles on it. You're like, oh, this is so good. Yeah, they took him to the bank on that one. But you know what, Russell? Uh, you know, let's give him some credit. It's two games in. Yeah, they had it. No, took, it's not. It's, it's not, eighteen. It's, it's eight, well, nineteen games in. That was leadership dysfunction. If you have a strong leader, a good organization behind you, it didn't matter how good of a player you are, you're going to be struggling. You got to read a defense, Corey. Yeah. And I think Russ is good. He he has a chance. I'm not giving up on him yet this year. But the worst thing being back in Chicago is just the the impending winter that is in the back of my mind. Yeah. That is causing (laughs) me. It looms over the horizon. Yeah. I try not to think (laughs) about it, but everybody talks about it. I remember experiencing it as like, Hey, you don't see the sun and it gets worse. People like, you don't see the sun for three months. I'm like, that's not true. No, it's not. Not true. Yeah, I, I think uh, that people in Chicago like talking out the winter because it's kind of cathartic, and they, it's like a common suffering, and that people actually kind of like being able to say we suffered through it. Yeah, because you know how many times yeah. I've been, people will say to me, "You should have been here for the polar vortex of here twenty that, whatever." You should have been here for that. <laughs> the inside of my door, if you've ever watched the movie Day of Tomorrow, my interior part of my door was freezing. Okay, I've never experienced anything like it. So, yeah, I, and I think you're right, though. Chicagoans love, like, yeah. difficulty and to say they overcame. Like, that's what you love about oh, yeah. this area is just that workman. So pe- people have said last, when I've said, oh, when does the winter end? A lot of people are like, well, it's good. sometimes it goes all the way through March. And I'm like, man, you, you should come to Vancouver, Canada, where it rains for seven months of the year. Just rain every day. What's it going to be like today? Rain. Over and over and over and over and over again. It's the easiest job in the world is to be a meteorologist in Vancouver. What's it going to do today? It's going to drizzle. Not a bad gig. But see, you do get some of these beautiful sunny days. You do. And I'm sure that I will experience a polar vortex at some point. I'm not going to wish that on you while I'm here. I'm sure I won't. But I I ride a scooter and people are always giving me grief. You're not going to ride that in the winter. And so far, last two years, I'm pretty good at it. 
Nice. They they've had to eat their words. So when the polar vortex hits this year, I'm riding the scooter. See how you see how you. Then I'm going to be able to boast. No, (laughs) really good. Yeah, that's bravery, right there. (laughs) Corey, uh, I've got. I want to finish with um, some lightning round because I've got a bunch. I just want to know several things. Okay, Uh, so so you ready? These are just going to be quick answer, quick quick questions. Three seconds. Quick, quick answered. Yeah, okay. Uh, on a scale of one to ten, ten being I love him, one being I can't stand him, prime time. I don't know. Uh, well, that's not I, an I, answer. No, it's so hard. Prime, prime. Okay, I gotta, this has got to be a long question. Colorado's. I love, I love prime the fact that he time. is confident. I wonder if he needs some more humility. So all that to say... Um, Geez, I, I would err on the side of like, let's give him a, a seven. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's that's yeah. that is pretty good. Yeah. Um, you didn't. You, I didn't talk to you about basketball, but what is your favorite team in the history of basketball? It's got to be the '98 Bulls. Okay, yeah, '72 uh, and whatever they that, were. That was a, that was '96 Bulls. '98 Bulls, the last dance. Oh, that was the last yeah. one. Jordan hit the game-winning shot. They had to overcome a lot that year. Okay, love them for that. Favorite player, Jordan. 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 Okay. Grew up at the end of the Jordan era, watching that. Yeah, Cubs or Sox? Cubs. Life of sadness up until 2016. And now, back to sadness. No, no, we're in the hunt. We're on the hunt. Do you know about the Chick-fil-A deal on the for the free sandwich when they win? No, that's news to me. Wow. Is that a real thing? It, it is. So okay. when they win a game, no way. that you can go on a Chick-fil-A app and you get a free Chick-fil-A sandwich. It's unbelievable. I know. So, so you need to, for all of you out there. My favorite thing about Chicago. It's <laughs> the Chick-fil-A. The free Chick-fil-A. Yeah. What is the thing? What What is your favorite Chicago food? Deep dish pizza. Classic. Wait, what's the best deep dish pizza, according to Corey Harvey? I like Lou Malnati's. All right. Yes. You do, when you get pizza, do you just get the deep dish, or are you like you you want to get the flat one too? Do you get a flat one and a deep I dish? Just go with the deep dish. Wow. You, you only need one slice, guys, and it's actually budget wise, you you win because you just eat the one slice and you save the other seven for later. It's that's, but you never ended just one. It's true. They're they are they are very. I'm curious to get your take on the pizza coming as an outsider person. Like, what would you say your favorite one is? I gotta tell you the the Chicago. F- um, Thin crust pizzas are unreal. Okay. How good they are. Thin crust from any particular Moretti's. establishments. Moretti's. Yeah, big fan of Moretti's thin crust pizza. Yeah. yeah. Like if you and the deep dish that I've had, the best deep dish I've had in Chicago. And uh, the size of my rear end should demonstrate to you that I have tried a lot of deep dish pizza. Uncle Jerry's. Never even heard we, of that it's thing. this little um, butcher shop in Cary. Everyone's listening to me. You need to go to Cary, Illinois. Uncle Jerry's, it's a pizza place at night and a butcher shop during the day. Mm. You're welcome. Let's make this, Uncle Jerry's a sponsor. This podcast brought to you. <laughs> no, they didn't. That I honestly, it was the best. I can't go there all the time, but it is, in my opinion, the best, uh, the best deep dish pizza I have had. Others have recommended other ones, and I've gone to those places, and I've been like, yeah, they're really good, but they're not Uncle Jerry's. I'm putting that on the list. And Uncle honestly, Jerry's. You can't take go your wrong with take pizza. your spouse to Uncle Jerry's. You're yeah. gonna like it a lot. Be our first our first date night in Chicago will be. If you had an Uncle evening Jerry's. with yeah. your wife yeah. or a day with your wife, what would you be doing with her? Like wow. again, 
Yeah. Let's just pretend yeah, kids yeah, are yeah, being yeah. looked after by yeah. dear friends okay. who you no, love and trust. I'm glad you prefaced it with that. But uh, yeah, I, I don't think we would wake up until, you know, I don't think we've slept past seven o'clock in years. So we're sleeping at least till eight. We're going to wake up with a giant meal of food somewhere on a beach. Ooh. Okay. And then, and then we're going to go burn off those cows on a nice workout. And then we're going to come back and probably eat the rest of the day <laughs> and uh, enjoy a show at the end of it. Sounds like a cruise. Yeah. I've never been on a cruise. Maybe that's what I just, <laughs> that's I just don't realize. Perfect day That's what cruise. I need to do. Open water kind of freaks me out, though. So I'm going to try to Ooh. find that on uh, on a dry You good swimmer? Surface. Do you swim? Uh, a, a swimmer, but not a good one. A okay. Slightly better than a rock, though. Okay. Yeah. Like if you got dropped into the water, you're not going to... I could swim for a few seconds. To okay. Keep my, uh, probably a few minutes. But uh, I never understood how people... You're probably a swimmer given the fact that you grew up on the coast. I think that makes I do, a big difference. I do swim. Up also, I float really well for some reason. Yeah. So you just like inherently have that being a coastal No, person. it's it's it has something to do with the the fat, actually. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It floats. Muscle sinks. This is why you're a rock and why I'm a... Ah, uh-huh. yeah. Thank you I, I just I just float. I actually do it mostly for uh, life saving these days. I like if I if I fall in the water, I'm fine. Yeah, I'll be just, just fine. Thanks. Out, yeah. Yeah. Whereas people like you, you gotta you gotta. We're gonna be fight. Treading, I'm gonna be fighting for my be life. Fight for your man. life. It probably wouldn't be a long fight though because uh, <laughs> so terrible that it's like a minute of pain. Dude, you just grab a hold of me. Yeah. I'm like true, a man. pontoon. Bring you down with me. Corey, I've really loved talking to you. Of course, you and I have spent some time together, and I've really loved the fact that you've been willing to come here to Harvest. Um, thanks for that. Thanks for being willing to, to come and to do what you're doing at the school. I mean that. And um, I, I pray for you, and I pray God's richest blessing on you and your dear wife, Nicole. You guys are great people. And I'm looking forward to both getting to know you personally and also seeing how the Lord uses you in the ministry here. Thank you, Pastor Jeff, and uh, yeah, bet, buddy. it's been great at, at HCA uh, two months in, and uh, just say we got a good community of people um, and built on a strong foundation. Everybody has the heart for the spiritual development of our of our students, academic development, and uh, excited about where the future uh, takes us here at HCA. Yeah. All right, it's great talking to you. The rest of you, we're gonna talk to you next time. <laughs> <laughs>